Welcome to the Renegade Yogi podcast experience. Join myself, Sorananda, and this episode's guest as we explore yoga in the modern world. Prepare yourself as we will experience yoga like never before. Zorananda. Today I'm doing a solo podcast on the koshas. So this is going to be a general introduction just to go over the five koshas and then I'm going to go into each one in depth individually one at a time. So this whole series is going to be about six or it's going to be six episodes where episode one of the series is going to be this one here about the introduction and then the other five, we're going to dive into all of the koshas. <clears throat> so before I go into that, um, I'm not really feeling too well. I've been sick for the last few days, so um, I might cough here and there. So I'm going to try to cough away from the mic if that happens. Um, also, I've been on a bit of a hiatus. I haven't been uploading episodes as frequently as I want to, especially over the Christmas break um, and now into the new year. Um, I'm doing my best to recalibrate why I'm doing this podcast, and so I'm still keeping in mind the original ideas that I had from last year, so like this series going into the koshas. Um, I'm tracking forward on this idea of really explaining what all the energetic systems are um, just like what I did um, last year in the summer with the chakras so now I'm going forward with the koshas the next is going to be the pranavayus and so I my next endeavor is to start booking more people so I can start doing more interviews. Um, the thing is, is that most of the interviews are going to be in person. And I have this bit of a dilemma of <laughs> having a pretty savage dog who doesn't really like people coming over. And I'm in this process of training him so that I can actually have guests over. So I made a list of people that I want to have as guests. And I made sure to have most of them as Zoom guests for now because for me it doesn't really matter if they're in person or in they're in Zoom because I'm more so only doing audio than I am doing video. I found I'm getting more traction on my audio listeners than I am in my video posting to YouTube. Um, yeah, and I just, I, I don't really like YouTube. I already had like three um, kind of, not strikes, but they took down my channel three times for the silliest things. So 
I'm kind of over that, and I just want to stick to audio. So I'm going to do my best over the course of this month and moving forward to uh, book the people and get interviews in because I, I think most of the people like the interviews. Um, I've had people tell me that they really like the Chalker series, so I'm finding a balance between doing the interviews and doing the solo episodes. Uh, so you'll just have to bear with me. I know I'm still at the beginning stages of this. I'm not getting too many listeners, but um, you know, I, I still have a goal of, of growing this and I'm <coughs> excuse me. And I'm just being patient with it. I have a lot going on in my life with regards to having a full time job, um, being a musician and working on music and recording and um, you know, just my own goals to uh, be more financially successful and stuff like that. So there are some priorities and, you know, I, I've kind of put this project on the back burner and now I'm just navigating the times to put out episodes, especially with solo ones like this. I can just sit down at any point and do it. So with that out of the way, let's get into the introduction for the koshas. So kosha literally translates to layer or sheath, and there are five of them. So if you are seated down somewhere and you have access to a computer or you're on your phone, just simply Google, or if you use DuckDuckGo, just look up uh, kosha. So it's K-O-S-H-A. And, you know, the, the search menu, menu will bring up already, like, for me, it's bringing up Kosha's Yoga, Kosha's Five, Kosha's Diagram. So uh, I'm going to pick the Kosha's Diagram and click on Images. And you'll see a whole plethora of, of images, right? So um, let's, let's see. I'll, I'll pick... Uh, there's just one that says five koshas and it kind of shows a person seated in meditation and then this shows like five um, five different versions of it. So <coughs> so the first kosha is the Anamaya kosha, which literally translates to food sheath. Anamaya is food. Um, it'll also be considered the physical layer, so it's your body. The second is pranamaya kosha, and pranamaya literally translates to life force sheath, um, prana being life force. The third is manumaya kosha. Manumaya can be the mental or emotional. It's kind of, they're kind of in a package together. The next one, or the fourth one, is the Vigyana Maya Kosha. So Vigyana, um, the root in Vigyana is Jnana, so J-N-A-N-A, which means knowledge or wisdom. So this is the wisdom sheath. And the final sheath is Ananda Maya Kosha, and Ananda means bliss. So the interesting thing about... Um, the words here is that they incorporate Maya and Maya means illusion and I'm still trying to unpack 
why this would be a part of it. But I think it has to do with the idea that this is all a construct. So to consider our existence as the sheaths or layers is a construct to understand the path that bliss or the path that Ananda takes to manifest the physical body. Um, because even though I identified the koshas from physical to bliss, that the actual trajectory is from the bliss sheath or the bliss body <coughs> into the physical, that there's this kind of condensation or um, this condensing from something ephemeral to something physical. So what I found helpful in understanding the koshas is applying it within my life. So in a yogic perspective, so I would look at anamaya kosha, the, the physical sheath or the food sheath, and I look at the foods that I'm eating, right? And then when I look at pranamaya kosha, the life force sheath, I look at generally my energetic stasis or my energetic levels. And then when I go to my manamaya kosha, and I look at the mental, emotional, I look at how influential the, my thoughts and emotions are to directing how I'm going to react to things. And then when I look at the Vigyanamaya Kosha and the wisdom sheath, I look at generally how am I treating myself and others and what wisdom I'm acting upon to be a compassionate person, which leads into Anandamaya Kosha, the bliss body or the bliss sheath, that there's a transmittance of divine energy from Anandamaya, from this layer of bliss, through me and out into the world. And so this whole step-by-step -step process is something that I'm considering as regularly as possible. And of course, I'm human, so I have all the distractions in the world to prevent me from really <laughs> focusing on this daily. But I do my best to consider that the constructs that make up the koshas allow me to understand something about myself that I wouldn't understand if I didn't know or I didn't have these tools available to me. And that's essentially what yoga is. Yoga and the philosophies and the psychologies and the practices are tools in helping you to understand how to navigate from having a mind that is more physically orientated, a mind and a state of being that's more materialistic to a mind and a state of being that is more spiritual. So the materialistic side of ourselves is really the prominent experience of ourselves totally, right? Um, 
So what the yoga practice can do and say in this case what the koshas can do is it can teach you how to train your mind to be more active spiritually and so that the mechanism of the mind is basically fueled by spirituality rather than being fueled by a materialistic sense and uh, a comparison of that can be the job that you have. So for the most part, we all work. We all have to do something in this world. I mean, <laughs> with the exception of um, our anti-work in Reddit and the millions of Americans who are quitting their jobs. But that's a whole other story. Um, so say if you look at your job, Typically, the majority of the reason of why you have that job is because of materialism, and that's a given. So uh, I, just because I'm a yogi and just because I practice spirituality, I can't justify or I can't say that everything I do is because of spirituality. That's a lie, and that's just not something I'm going to propagate in um, what I'm trying to share with people. So we all want to make money and we all want to have a job for materialistic purposes. We're paying rent, we're paying bills, we have a vehicle, we need to pay for gas, we need to pay for food, um, we need, we want to pay for entertainment, if that's movies, if that's going out for dinner, if that's traveling, <coughs> whatever it is, right? So, you can really see that like pretty much 90% of why we do what we do on this planet is because of material means, if it's, you know, exactly what I listed. So, we need to ask ourselves, why is there only a small percentage of what we do geared towards something spiritual? And we may not even really be aware of it, we may not really even consider it spiritual, but because it's not a part of our kind of obsession with material um, experiences, that that small percent is spiritual in the sense that we have experiences in our workplace that... allow us to act from something internal, to act from a place within ourselves that is, it, it could be spontaneous, right? So that could be a conversation with a coworker that you, technically you're not getting paid for this conversation, but your coworker confides in you in something and you help that coworker out in that moment in dealing with the situation that came up for them, right? So I would lump that into spirituality because it's coming from a place that isn't a part of your list of why you go to work, right? And so say if we were to look at the koshas and we were to try to understand um, where that influence could be coming from, Right, so if you if you still have that image of the koshas up, right? So Anamaya Kosha, 
is going to be the predominant one. So you're at work physically and you went to work prominently because you need the money to be able to buy food, to be able to pay for your shelter, to be able to keep your physical self safe so that you can continue living, right? Pranamaya kosha is involved because it took energy for you to actually get to work, for you to get up and do the things that you need to do in the morning, get into your vehicle or get onto your bike or get to the bus, wherever, however you get to work, there's energetic exertion, right? Then there's the mental sheath because now when you're at work, you have tasks to do. If it's you're working at an office, you're working in a warehouse, if you're working in a plant, if you're wherever you're working, there's a mental focus that's needed and in, in order to complete your tasks. Okay, so then where does the wisdom sheath and the bliss sheet come into play? So because typically we're so focused on those first three, our awareness doesn't allow for us to actually enter into those other ones because those other ones <clears throat> call for a more meditative state of mind. And that meditative state of mind isn't conducive to the life we live, isn't conducive to the environment of our workplace and the environment of our, um, of our school, right? And that's all depending on where we work or where we go to school, right? But for the most part, the first three sheaths are the most active. So this is where the spontaneity of spirituality comes in, where the wisdom sheath and the bliss sheath, just the energies of them flow through just kind of randomly. When you're at work, you're doing the thing that you normally do, and then you suddenly have a coworker that comes to you and seeks for advice on something or just needs to vent. And the moment you would typically go in your mind like, ah, this is so annoying, I just want to get back to work. But for whatever reason, that doesn't happen, and you allow yourself to really listen to what the person is saying because it so happens to be a coworker that you like um, that you have a good friendship with or a relationship with. And so you listen and then these words come, this way of thinking comes that you wouldn't normally think in your day to day. Suddenly it's coming from somewhere you have really no idea. And you end up just saying this really <coughs> thoughtful things to this coworker and your coworker goes, wow, that was really helpful. Thank you. And goes off. And then you feel good. So the first three she's are taken care of. This wisdom comes through. And then suddenly the bliss comes through. And now the thing that it's important to really understand is that this happens to us all the time. It's ongoing in our day-to-day -day life all the time we have these little snippets okay of like little fractions of wisdom and bliss from these spheres of influence that have a huge presence that we don't allow ourselves to get into for whatever reason and 
this is exactly what yoga is shining a light on that we can have the necessary tools and knowledge and guidance to go into those more subtle sheaths into the Vigyana Maya Kosha and the Ananda Maya Kosha. So the wisdom sheath and the bliss sheath that we can have and receive guidance to go into those, to be in those so that we're not just opening small little cracks of windows to receive that energy that we just walk right through the threshold of the door and we enter into their realms and we bask in their totality and so what that calls for is to let go of those first three sheets right but because we have such a strong attachment to them it's really hard there's way too many justifications in our mind to need to be focused on everything about our physicality everything about our just physical energy everything about our mind and the contents of it and the fluctuations of the emotions that in order to enter the more subtle ones it takes a lot of practice and it takes a, a kind of devotion to understanding how to increase the percentage of spirituality so like i said earlier if our spirituality is really at a level of like 10 percent and that 90 percent of the time we're hyper focused on just all the physical things in our lives that what the yoga practice is doing is it's calling for us to increase that spiritual percentage and it fluctuates so it's not something that is going to just increase at, at a whim because you're doing a spiritual practice you can be practicing every day and years later you come back to a point that you were at four years ago and you're just baffled by it and you're like i thought i fixed this i thought i had overcome this i thought i've done something to change who i am so this doesn't happen anymore so what i really want to drive home with this is though these ideas are coming from another country um and as Westerners, because I, I look at the analytics, most of my listeners are people from the West. If it's, you know, Australia or New Zealand or the UK, Ireland, uh, United States, Canada. <coughs> that it can be hard to look at this material and have it relate at all, right? Because we're essentially learning another language right all these words are sanskrit words and what i feel my purpose is in all of this is to take this information and and make it digestible 
so that there isn't this animosity towards the information because it comes from another country, because it's using a whole other language. And that there is a kind of scientific way of looking at these things and that the scientific method can be utilized to test out and to hypothesize whether or not these things are even real or that there are these influences. And though your own findings, like my own, are mostly anecdotal, right? So like when I tell you stories of, of the meditations that I've done or the dreams that I've had or the phenomenal experiences, they're largely anecdotal. I don't have any proof for that stuff. I can't, you know, point to it and be like, oh, there it is, and then have all of you agree with me. But what, what I think is that, to me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I can't prove any of this stuff. It doesn't matter that... there's no way of really convincing other people that these koshas exist. The thing that I've learned and come to understand with this information is that it's helpful in getting a sense of something more of, of what you are and who you are, right? To me, it's unsettling to think that all we are is physical and that there's nothing else, that there's no spirituality, there's no energetic systems, there's nothing. There's just the physical world, and that's all that there is, and everything's random. Um, nothing's in, There's no intelligence to anything, that the intelligence that we do have is a product of evolution over millions of years, and that's all done randomly, and that the reason why we're at the point that we're at is because over the millions of years that the mutations that have occurred and the changes that have occurred and the adaptations that have occurred have created and fine-tuned a system to basically produce what we are now. And that's generally, you know, the materialistic um, sciences. That's what predominates our, our physics, our chemistry, biology. That's the underlining philosophy in science. Okay. But when you go into India and you learn about yoga from India, they have the materialistic side of what it is. And then they have the spiritual side of what it is. And that is what I found interesting to learn and what I found helpful in <clears throat> being able to explain why I have had the phenomenal experiences that I've had in my life. If it was um, like premonitions, if it was visions, if it was crazy dreams that I've had, if it was phenomenal experiences with entities, with you name it, um, healing myself in meditations, if it's um, even psychedelic experiences and being able to travel through time and to open up portals, right? So there's these experiences that I've had 
that just the Western science alone says none of that was real. It was all an illusion. It was it was all um, um, can't even think of the word right now. It was all a hallucination. And this is the physical world is the only thing that's real. So I can I can look at that and be like, okay, that's fine. That makes sense, right? Because I can't prove to anyone that any of those experiences I've had were real, right? I only know that I had those experiences for myself. Um, but then on the yoga side, the yoga side says there's value knowing that you had those experiences, but everything's an illusion, this physical world is illusion. All of those phenomenal experiences are illusion. And what's actually real is divinity. And that what we think is real is the issue. And that we have to go beyond what we think. And we have to go beyond our perception. And we have to go beyond what it is that we've become so attached to. And that we are inherently attached to the physical world because of being born into it and being so closely knit to all of the constructs of our physicality from the just gross mass of our body to the subtleties of our nervous system. <coughs> and so how the koshas work with all of this and how that they're helpful is that they are a trajectory into divinity, right? So from the physical, the Anamaya Kosha to the non-physical, the Anandamaya Kosha, that what we experience when we utilize our practice towards Anandamaya Kosha is that we enter into what our true sense of ourself is and what the true reality is, quote unquote. So that our view of the physicality on all the constructs, all the energetics of the physicality, all of the mental and emotional states, even the wisdom within it, that we see how the blueprint of all that stuff is derived from divinity and it's derived from Anandamaya Kosha. <coughs> and that's the, m that's the most challenging thing to understand. That's the most challenging thing to grasp because then it seems then there must be an architect for all of physicality. But that goes against what I just said about what the materialist science has to say about that that there is no architect because there's no detection of it you can't there's you can't find it you can't see it and i think that's the beautiful thing about being a human is that we're put into this world, which is so vast, 
even just the planet itself is huge. I mean, no real single person can walk around the whole thing, right? Given that there's oceans in between the continents. Then you have space. You know, regardless if you think the model of the universe is heliocentric or geocentric, you still have something that is infinitely expansive just from the human's perspective, not using any technology, not using any telescopes, nothing. That just from the single human being, the world is an immense expanse. The universe is an immense expanse. And the knowledge that we have either points towards the scientific way, like I mentioned, or the more philosophical way and the more religious way that it leads into a totality of divinity. And so what I've asked myself is where am I going to benefit the most as a human being on this planet? Am I going to grow more as a human only believing in the material side of it? Or am I going to grow more believing that there is a more spiritual side to it? Personally, what I've chose is the spiritual. Because in my mind, the phenomenal experiences that I've had aren't answered by science. They're not even answered by most religions. And so where I found the answers <coughs> is within yoga. I found more of the answers from teachers and from scriptures from the Vedas, from the Upanishads, from the Mahabharata and the Bhagavad Gita and and other books from Paramahansa Yogananda to Sri Yukteswar and Lahiri Mahasaya to Yogi Raj, Siddhanath, Gurunath. And what I've concluded is that My experience of a human can include my desire for divinity and the experience of the presence of something greater than myself that comes through and interacts with the world that I'm in. And I don't need to... try and verify that presence is something measurable, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that that presence inspires me to be more and more compassionate, empathetic, and loving 
and it inspires me to do things for myself and other human beings to help elevate goodness within my heart and within everyone else's hearts. And so in this final point <coughs> that what the koshas can do and really learning about them, really meditating on them and really diving into them is that we actually originate from the Anandamaya. We actually originate from the bliss layer. That's who we are. And the way that the bliss body transforms into the physical is who you are today. And... I personally think that it's important to remember that we came from bliss and that it's our job right now to return our mind to the bliss that we came from so that we create an open channel. And through that open channel, we receive the blessings and we receive the goodness and we receive everything that that bliss has to offer with awareness. So we're no longer blind to it. It's no longer only op coming through those little window openings here and there. Now the door is open. Now it's no longer a door. It's a big open space. It's no longer a big open space. It's an entire realm. And you are basking in that. And you don't have to see it. You don't have to be in a state where you're like, all I see is this bliss or all I see is God and it's all white light. No, that doesn't happen to me. I know that I come from bliss and I know that I'm already in it right now. And so I don't have to delude myself from what is actually in front of me just through the processes of how I perceive through my eyes that you know, the desk that I'm sitting at and the window that I'm looking through and the trees that are in my front yard, you know, I don't have to think that all I see is this light of God or this light of divinity. No, I still see the world around me, but I recognize that every single thing around me is a part of that bliss. And so now it's my duty to interact with everything knowing that everything is a part of that bliss and that's that's not easy right because we're born into this body and we're subject to its fluctuations we're subject to its turmoil and its suffering and so of course there's going to be days where I'm pissed off about something. My dog Rupert is super annoying. Um, I have an argument with someone. Um, you know, I'm feeling lonely or I'm stressed. But then all of that is to remind me to come back, to close my eyes, center myself, breathe, and remember where I came from. 
So hopefully this little introduction helped um, just understanding the koshas. I think I went a little deeper than I wanted to, but I still have a lot of material on each and every kosha. So I'm, I'm going to go into each one individually. Uh, so the next one up is the Anamai kosha, the first layer. And I'm going to go into kind of everything revolving around food, revolving around the body, revolving around exercising and doing an asana practice um, and kind of go on from there. And like I said in the intro, I, I'm going to book some interviews as well too. So I'm going to do my best to kind of interchange between solo episode and an interview, but that's going to be based on whether um, the people that I have on my list agree to be my guest and what days they're available for. So um, this week, throughout the next, I, I really want to get these episodes on the koshas out um, so I can get into the next ones on the prana, pranavayus as well. And um, yeah, I have a lot of stuff to share. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time. And the best way that you can support me is to go onto my website, buy my book, listen to my music. You can find all my music on Spotify and iTunes, I believe, and a bunch of other streaming platforms. But uh, I know Spotify is the biggest one these days. <coughs> so, yes, please order a copy of my book. There's an ebook, there's a paperback, and there's a hardcover. Um, so, you know, if you aren't wanting to spend that much, at least the ebook is five bucks. The paperback, I think, is 20, and the hardcover is 30, and that's in Canadian dollars. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not really certain. Um, what if that's all going to be in American, but anyways, affordable stuff. I have, uh, meditations as well on there. So pretty much anything on my website <coughs> is really under 30 or $35. So everything's really affordable. And also I do private sessions as well. So if you'd like to have some private yoga with me, um, or private future life progression stuff uh, and meditations and heart guided meditations and counseling. We can set that up as well. And I go based on pay what you can. So I do well for myself in my life with my, with my day job. So I set all this up to give it out to as many people as possible. Um, so if you, you know, other than the books, the books are their set price and the meditations are their set price. But when it comes to one-on-one -on -one private stuff, say if it's yoga, if it's meditation, if it's counseling, that is all pay what you can. So please feel free to reach out to me. I'm on um, Instagram at yogi.zornanda. You can email me through my website as well. So you can go to www.zornanda dot com so that's z o r a n a n d a dot 
gmail.com. So with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting me in what I'm doing here. I'm happy to support you in what you are learning in all of this. So have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy.